Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, we're back. We're back again. And hockey is back. Amazingly, yes. Sharks are playing on back-to-back nights. The second preseason game is tonight. As we're recording, Sharks are leading 2 nothing. Goals from Paul Martin, or shall we say Paul Martin? Paul Martin. <laughs> He's American. He's Paul Martin. Paul Martin. And Brent, I like to eat pizza after the game's burns. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, well, for Tomas Hurdle, there's something wrong with that. If you read the uh, a, uh, account by Mr. Kurz, Tomas Hurdle says no, no pizza and no, no gluten, I guess, anymore. Is he, does he eat that gluten-free pizza? I don't know. I you don't ever know. had gluten-free pizza? No, I, apparently he eats salads and ham. <laughs> <laughs> Good combo. Does he wow. eat ham on the salads? I don't know. They didn't get that specific. I must know the answer to this question, dude. Is it ham salads or salads and ham? <laughs> Which is it, Sam? I am, dude. It sounds like the Paul Martin Brent Burns combination is working out so far. So far, in twenty minutes of a preseason game, right. it's awesome. Who cares, dude? It is exciting. It's awesome to have hockey back. Yep. I'm excited um, to see how this roster shapes up. To see what Pete DeBoer does with this team. Mm-hmm. There are some things from last night that you know I find interesting and uh you know we've got a a few things to talk about as we launch into week one of the preseason dude that's true dude it's it's great to finally have something to talk about although uh we do we did get a little bit of help from some listeners there's uh we got something from jason yes and he says uh the news this summer was very minimal and but his question isn't really sharks but more the league in general Mm. with all these players in trouble with the law as of late, what are your guys' opinions on these guys? You know, Jason, I think we're actually going to cut. Let's let's handle that at the end when we do our normal NHL. That's level. a good call. Okay, let's see if we have. I want to get to the questions first because I want to reward the non-lazy people, the people who actually email us, <laughs> and that's saying that most of the people out there who wanted podcasts, they decided not to email us with ideas. So, not bitter or anything. Yeah, uh, we're. Just we're, saying. We're in the thick of it now, dude. We're in the thick of it. Camp is open, dude. Camp is open. We're ready. And we got an email here from our number one Polish fan. Which is Jules. awesome. Jules says, once the regular season starts, how often are you going to be on the air? Jules, I believe. Five we, times a week. That's, that's right. We're going to be like the M. Merrick versus Wyshynski podcast. We're going to periscope. <laughs> like, like Jeff the Drunk. That's right. Yeah. And Bobo. <laughs> I hear Bobo's periscope is the worst. Thank you. Can't imagine why. But you know what? If if we do in, in person, Periscope might be an interesting platform for us to live stream our recording. It would be an opportunity for people to live watch us record. And that would be, you know, it's it's a limited time situation, Periscope, my understanding. I've never actually watched anything. Can they interact with us? Um, no. 
Oh. Not really. So someone, if we I mean, said we were recording at 8 o'clock, they could watch it. They could watch it. And Scintillating. So, and so they could get a sneak preview, sort of, because, you know, there's a little bit of lag right. between when we record and when okay. I post it. Sure. So there would be a little benefit, a little insider news there. Of course, we could do tweets and emails and stuff live if we wanted to. That would be a method of interaction. Well, let's put it to the listeners. What sort of interaction do you want with us? Anything? None? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe this is plenty. Yeah, this maybe is too having much. too much access to us is a bad thing. Could be. It could be. <laughs> Especially it is in the case of Jeff the Drunk, who apparently gave out his cell phone on the air and then oh, surely started crank calling oh, him. Boy. Oh, that's so what does good. Jules have to say, dude? So um, how many times are we going to be on? Uh, I think we're definitely going back to once a week yeah, as much as possible. Absolutely. He says, I don't want to be mean, but do you still think that Marlo or Joe will get traded this year? Or does the hiring of a new head coach calm down that situation in San Jose? Dude. I think there's a 0% chance that Joe is traded, and I wouldn't say the same for Marlowe. I just think that it's possible that if the season doesn't go well, that um, he could be moved. The, the, the fact is that the Sharks do not have a first-round pick next year. Mm-hmm. And I think if the season doesn't go well, I guess they could be looking to move Joe at that point, too, to try and get that pick back. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a hard time believing that the Sharks are really going to enter the draft next year with no first and no... Oh, they kept their second. I think so. Right? Yeah. Just a, They just have a second, though. I don't think they have a third. Right. So one pick in the first 90? Like, I just don't see it. Yeah, I agree with you on that score, but this also glosses over the fact that both Marlowe and Joe have no movement clauses, which means they can refuse any trade that is proposed anyway. That's true. And, dude... They still have two more years, right? Yeah. This isn't their end of their contract, right? No. Right. No, so they got more. Yeah. So I would say odds are very, very minimal. Very, very slim. Yeah. Uh, last question from Jules. In two years, the NHL draft will have players born in the year 1999. Can you imagine an NHL player with a number 99 jersey? For one, that makes me feel extremely old. I remember, yeah, I, I remember 99 very yeah. well, actually. Wow. I have memories of 1999. <laughs> wow. Remember Y2K, dude? Everything was going to go in the yeah. toilet? And nothing happened. Nothing happened. Right. Mm. Talk, yeah. Talk about your all-time backfires. <laughs> Will an NHL player wear number 99, dude? Sure. No. Yeah. No chance. Absolutely. Wasn't it? It was, basic, it was essentially retired by the entire league. Screw it. <laughs> It's <laughs> awesome. Whoever wears number 99 is going to get his ass kicked. Yeah. And I would be first in line. Well, I wouldn't be sure. first. I wouldn't be first in line. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. That's what would make it fun. <laughs> I'd be like 200th in line after the guy's like already, you know, softened up quite a bit. I'd get a couple kicks in when he's down. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to wear number 99, dude. Nobody. No, no one. They're not giving any numbers out based on birth here. No. No. That's not going to happen. Double zero. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a legal number, actually. Yeah, probably not. All right. Dude, back to the Sharks' uh, training camp, which just begun this past weekend. You know, there's lots of... Now that Kurz and now Kurz Pichelka, because David Pollock retired, are now covering the Sharks. Uh, lots more uh, news coming out of Sharks camp and, and a lot of the sort of same old, same old stuff. Is there anything that sort of springs out in your mind from the normal day-to-day training camp type activity that you think is noteworthy or interests you in any bit, or is this all just sort of standard boilerplate? We're getting ready for the season. I think there are some questions about, you know, certain roster spots that are up for grabs. I think that, 
you know, there's probably three defensemen playing for two spots, right? I mean, uh, who's going to be this? Who's going to be Brendan Dillon's third pairing pair, right? Right, right? That's probably the biggest question. It seems like Matt Tennyson's a lock to make the team because he's on a one way deal. So, you know, you you'd have to you're eating, you know. I'm going to disagree with you there. I because it, it's under a million dollars, it doesn't count against the cap. He's not going to Yeah, but you're still paying I mean, you'd be paying him the full salary to go play for the Barracuda. Yeah, I, but we paid Kyle McLaren like 3 million dollars a year to play for the Barracuda that's for true. 3 years. That's true. I I guess what I'm saying, dude, is that I I'm not saying he's going to be the number 6. I'm saying he'd be the extra guy. Like I think if they're going to pay him, then he'll be the extra guy. It's not like Tennyson needs some more, you know, Mrs. Dash down in the AHL. You right, know, right. he's either ready or he's not. That's right. You know, and yeah. and then if he's not ready, then you just sort of let him be the num- the seven guy, and and you don't let him gobble up minutes from guys down there you actually want to see develop. So, um, it's going to be is it Mirko Mueller or Dylan Demello that's going to be the number six, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and Dylan Demello was an early. Mention. Right. I mean, he seems to be more in the mold of your typical number six, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not flashy, responsible, can kill penalties, uh, too similar to Brendan Dillon, maybe. I mean, I don't know. You know, don't know enough about the player. But, and Marco Mueller, I think we both agree, if he's not going to play a significant role like, I mean, playing regular minutes, not mm-hmm. sitting out an entire period, that kind of stuff. Not just cherry picking offensive zone faceoffs and so right. Forth. I mean, if he's not going to play fifteen minutes a night, like I just don't think it's worth it. Right. And I'd rather see him play twenty and be the number one for the Barracuda than see him, you know, kind of rotting as the lowest man on the totem pole for the Sharks, but. How he plays in the preseason will probably make the decision for for DeBoer, who's got he's got no loyalties to anybody. That's right. right. That's right. So you feel like confident that maybe he's just going to pick whoever the best person is. True, but he's also, you know, planning. I would hope to be with the Sharks for a number of years, and so he's not going to be interested in just being in a pure win now mode and sure and and sacrificing Mueller's development for the sake of a couple of extra useful minutes in the NHL. But DeBoer, at least with the Devils, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm just sort of going off of memory here, I don't think he had the best track record with developing, especially young defensemen. Like Adam Larson didn't play at all, really, mm-hmm. under him. I don't remember uh, John Merrill really playing much under him. You know, at least in that first year when they were making a cup run, I, I, I don't think that those guys saw a lot of time. So I'm wondering if he's really going to want, you know, Mirko Mueller around, like if he's not going to be able to play on a regular basis. So I'm going to say right now, you know, especially all the good noises they've made about DeMello. I I think Mueller's the odd man out at this point. I think it's going to be how he plays. If he plays well, then he deserves, I mean, he's clearly the the biggest upside, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're counting on him to be an impact player in the next three to four years, right? If he yeah. doesn't, that's going to be majorly disappointing. Mm-hmm. So is he ready? If he's ready and will benefit from being with the club and playing a regular role, and maybe the role grows over the season, then you keep him. But if uh, if he's just going to rot 
and needs some more time, you send him down, dude. I mean, I think the other question on this uh, team is uh, what is Donskoy's role going to be, if anything? You know, the guy stood out in a prospect game, right? right? Who cares? And stood out in a future game. Uh, How is he going to play in the preseason against guys that aren't his teammates? But he's... He's the biggest wild card, I think, right now. Because he could upset the apple cart, you know, if he plays well. Yeah, but what apple cart is there really to upset? I it's think the Matt Nieto apple cart, dude. I, I think there's a lot of movement and a lot of liquidity in the bottom two lines of this team anyway. That's true. And but- I think that nobody's really got a job to lose when it comes to those two lines right now, except for maybe, I mean, Ben Smith seems like pretty much a lock. Sure, but if if you look at, like, last night, it seemed like DeBoer iced a line that could very possibly be the third line, which actually seemed to play very well together, and that was Hurdle, Tierney, and Wingles. Uh, mm-hmm. I watched some clips of their highlights. They seemed to get some really good chances. Talk about some speed. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, some big bodies on the wing. It seemed promising, and it was something that we we were talking about for for a lot last year in terms of, you know, I, I wanted to see Wingles play with younger energetic players. We saw those guys have chemistry in a rookie game two years ago. Yep. You remember that? Like, I'm excited by the fact that maybe Hurdle could play with Tierney and that those guys could maybe grow up a little bit together since they both are NHL ready mm-hmm. to be figuring it out together instead of, you know, riding shotgun to, I mean, you know, Jumbo's going to pass it to Pavs. Yeah. We know that's happening. <laughs> it's not going to go to Hurdle. So, like, yeah. yeah. Like let them make their own identity together. I, I was I was hopeful by that. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. And maybe Donskoy sort of grows up on the other wing opposite uh, paths. Well, that's the question. Is you know Melker Carlson? I guess is fighting some sort of injury. I yeah. don't really know what that is. You I don't know. Like so that. who is who is that? Who's the left wing on that top line? That seems to be up for grabs. Yeah, you know? maybe. I think Matt Nieto's spot on this team right now is a major question mark. Absolutely, like, I, I think he's he's definitely yeah. So maybe that's a that's a question that I was going to ask you in a minute, which is who has the most to gain and who has the most to lose. And I'm I'm not just talking about in the preseason. I'm talking about this season. Looking ahead, there's been a lot of you know there, there's a lot of jobs up for grabs here. Who has the most to gain and who has the most to lose? Hmm. The most to gain, I think, is Chris Tierney could find himself as the third line center on a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if he plays well, I think he's going to have to really screw it up. I mean, and if he doesn't play well, then that sends a ripple effect throughout the entire lineup. Cause either then Ben Smith is playing above his role or hurdle is now back at center, which it's funny that DeBoer's not playing him there either. I think that mm-hmm. that's funny. Or Pavelski's being moved back down, or Marlowe's back at center, and like I think it really would mess everything up. I think Tierney's got the most to gain. What What do you think? I think Donskoy's got the most to gain mm-hmm. because I think he could easily slot into that number one line role as as uh, a Nils Ekman once did. Right, that's a great great example. And and this is a guy that was really under the radar last year. We signed him as just a free agent from the Finnish Elite League. If he gets any time whatsoever on that top line, he could go from a guy that was literally completely ignored by everyone to a guy who is a 
lock, slam dunk NHL player. And you could right. do that in three months. Or he could be a guy that can't make anything happen on Joe Thornton's wing, which means he's done. You know, right. he could be he could be in the toilet, like he could be playing back in the Finnish Elite League next year. Right. And I, I think a guy like that isn't coming over here to play for the Barracuda. Like right. Right. that's not his goal, and I'm sure that's not what Doug Wilson's goal was either. So I think we'll Tier- see. I think Tierney has some has some buffer here. I, I would love to see him seize a third line job. That nothing would make me happier than that. But I think he's still a young kid. He still has upside. I think if even if he doesn't have a, a great year and doesn't isn't able to completely wrap his hands around an NHL job like he was unable to do last year, I don't think that means it's the end of Chris Tierney. Okay. So that's that's my view. I I really want to see this Donskoy kid. Like I am yeah. super intrigued by him. I don't. I I wouldn't say that I would that Tierney is under pressure. I just think that he could go from being kind of a off the radar player in the league to being having a major role, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they're kind of counting on him. To, to so who through. has the most to lose? Tomas Hurdle. You think so? I think if he has another year like last year, then he's gone from the poster child for excitement in the HL making go through his legs to, I mean, a 30, 28 point nobody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now you're uh, approaching burnout territory uh, because Nieto never didn't have the hype that Hurdle did. And Hurdle was a disappointment last year. I was going to say Nieto, but you're making a good case for Hurdle here. I think Nieto really has one more shot. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, gluten-free Hurdle, um, <laughs> or dairy for Paleo Hurdle, what's going to be his new nickname? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Paleo yeah, Hurdle. I like... I like uh, the whole hurdle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever works. I mean, everybody's going the Gary Roberts route now, right? Everybody's even even Phil Kessel's working out with Gary Roberts, right? right. Gary Roberts just like Phil Kessel you, scored two goals tonight, so whatever works, right? All you with with Gary, if you train under Gary Roberts, all you can eat is like chia seeds and dirt. I right. think that's <laughs> all you're allowed to. Well, eat. Well, you see the headline right here on CSN Bay Area: Sharks hurdle makes major changes after blood test results. I mean, I think he was eating poorly. Yeah, uh, McClellan was vocal about his poor conditioning last year, and. You know, the kid might have acted like a kid mm-hmm. and after having a great beginning to his year and then, you know, being Dustin Browned, didn't really train that as hard as he should have. I don't know, but it sounds like, I mean, they made it sound like after games, like sometimes there's like a parade of pizza in the locker room and, <laughs> you know, if you can get a slice from Brent Burns, then you're a winner, but it sounds like Hurdle might have been eating too much garbage and yeah. his his play suffered for it. So I think Hurdle's got the most to lose. And I think uh, for me, even above Nieto, uh, second, if I may, dude, mm. is uh, is Justin Braun. I think Justin Braun... How it, can you say that? ...has the most to lose? Yeah. He had a down year last year, dude. Yeah, but he's got a four-year, $19 million contract. He's yeah. not going anyplace. No, he he's not going anyplace, but he could become a huge albatross if he's not playing well, then that's like a terrible salary. If he could lose nineteen million dollars, then that's a lot. He won't to lose. lose it, but I'm, the Sharks could could be in big trouble if Braun doesn't play up to where he did two years ago. Uh, I'm not. I'm You're not, not buying that, dude. I'm not buying that. Well, line. you know what, dude. You know what I say to that? What? You might be right. I think Matt Tennyson has much more to lose than Justin Braun. Whatever. Yeah, dude. Dude. Well, 
we we got some there there seems to be some fences mended on the Joe Thornton front. Him him and Doug Wilson are sure. thick thick as thieves. Sure. They're they're going out, they're spray yeah. tanning together. Well, here's my theory on this. You want to hear it? Yeah. Um they went to La Fondue. <laughs> they fed each other. Did uh, they get the chocolate or the yeah. cheese? No, they, they they got they both. They used the lobster broth. Oh, and they boiled it away, dude. Mm. Um, I'm sure that Joe was disappointed last year that the Sharks' major free agent acquisition was John Scott, and they did nothing to make the team better, and they basically said, "Good luck." Yeah. You know, to the veterans. And this year, they were very aggressive. They added three significant pieces in Martin Jones and Joel Ward and Paul Martin that make this play team a odds-on playoff team. And I'm sure Joe Thornton appreciates that. Dude, I forgot about Martin Jones. Does Martin Jones have more to gain than, than Eunice Donskoy? He might. Well, I, I guess, I mean, I, maybe we're looking at this a little bit differently. I mean, I, I think Donskoy, for you, like, I mean, he's a nobody. I mean, he yeah. could go from nobody to a stud. Like, right. where Martin Jones, I think the expectations, at least for me, are... Already there. You're going to be good. He's the number like, one already. You, you're yeah. going to be good. Mm. Like, yeah. if he's not good, then if he's splitting games with Alex Stalock, that's a, that's fireable offense by Doug Wilson. Hmm. But I really don't think that's going to happen. I think Martin Jones is, is the real deal. You know, I mean, I, I think he's going to, I hope so. He's going to be good, dude. I mean, I, I think he's a good player. So yeah. I'm not, I'm really not worried about that. I think, uh, I'm worried about again, you know, the bottom six yep. of this team is a major question mark. But if that third line could be, you know, tyranny hurdle and wingles and have some skill and some energy and some physicality that could be fun. And then you, you could get away with a fourth line of, uh, what's his bucket at center. Uh, the kid from Chicago, Ben Smith, Smith. uh, and Mike Brown and maybe Rafi Torres, dude. I mean, where are we with Rafi Torres? Not playing tonight. Not didn't play last night. Right. Um, he he says he needs to be cognizant of his injury history, but the knee feels good. Do you okay. be, do you believe that? I don't know what he has to gain by not being honest. What does he what, have to what's, he, what's he going to come out and say? Oh, the knee feels like hell. I'm just going to sit on the bench Maybe. for another year. Maybe he's never going to say that. Well, why? He's a it, hockey player. He wants to play. So I guess. Well, the evidence is going to be: is does he play in the next week? Is he going to play in the preseason? Period. I think he has to play. He has to play. At least a game or two. Right? I mean, this isn't... You're, he's going in with no credit with Pete mm-hmm. DeBoer, which we don't even know how Pete DeBoer feels about him as a player. Right. Like, we don't know that at all. No. You know, McClellan was a fan, but where does DeBoer see him, you know? Yeah. It, I'm. You know, the fact that he's, you know, sitting out, he's saying he needs to be careful, and if... He needs to take a step back. He's going to take a step back. That does not exactly assuage my fears. So we have to go into this season assuming that he does not play any sort of major role at all. And if he plays, if he plays fifteen to twenty games, that's a miracle. I said it before. I think he's done. So you don't think he even suits up? I, I mean, 
I think I said that I think he's done in terms of being a regular presence on the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he plays every fifth game, okay, great. But what's the point? Exactly. Yeah. He's no. He's not going to be the Rafi Torres that. Yeah, we if you're were, just a shell we of yourself. With, yeah. Then I I have a hard. I'm sure you know. But for two million bucks, I'm sure he's happy to collect it. And who's he, but he doesn't even have to. I mean, he could collect that money and not even play. I know. And I know. the guy's playing. On, on dead people's legs, yeah. you know it, what I mean? It's a show-me situation. He has to show me that he can play, you know, minutes in several games in a row before I'm right. even going to start sure. feeling optimistic. Are you disappointed the Sharks gave out no PTOs? Not really, no. I am. Really? Yes. Who in particular did you want to see a, get a PTO? Well, I mean, I thought there were several guys that got PTOs from other organizations. And I'm like, you know, I mean, we couldn't, like, we couldn't have had Scotty Upshaw here on a PTO. Mm. Like, I don't know. Man. What? On the fourth line? Like, he's better. He's better than a lot of the other options we have. You want to see Upshaw or Mike Brown? You want to see Upshaw? Or what if, what if, what if, Mike Brown's Torres, under contract. What if, what if, what if Torres can't play. Yeah. I like, think there's, there's going to be other guys. We can go get Biz Nasty. No. <laughs> I, I I don't understand what... I mean, it's clearly they feel like the, the kids are going to fill those roles and they don't. They didn't even want a veteran here to push anybody. Yeah. But when you look at like Chicago, who has Jan Hayda there on a PTO, I think they have Lubomir Viznovsky there on a PTO. God, can that guy even still play? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, like, I mean, they had uh, Kimo Team in there. I mean, yeah, I think they're looking true. for someone to play eight minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they had somebody else there on a PTO, too, that you're just sort of like, God, you know, I, I wouldn't have minded having a few veteran guys or at least one in camp to kind of push for that sixth defenseman spot. See, I think this is, I, I think Chicago's in a completely different position than the Sharks. Chicago's in a, I mean, as much as the Sharks, have said they want to make the playoffs and they want to make a push. I'm still, in my mind, viewing the Sharks as a team that needs to build over the next few years. Sure. And and, it, and I'm not necessarily as interested as, as seeing a marginal player, player who could not get a contract from any team in the NHL over the summer and has to sort of show you what he's got for what? For a one, maybe a two-year situation when really what I believe the Sharks' priority should be right now is, is to be developing young players and giving those guys a chance to play. Chicago, on the other hand, is in really, frankly, the middle of a dynasty. And if they need to go and get a couple of spare parts like Kimo Timonen or somebody else who can help them a little bit to see if they can get a fourth cup and then a fifth cup, then by God, you absolutely do that. That's right. a no-brainer. See, I don't, I don't see the Sharks in Chicago like on similar footing as much as... You know, it seems like the the party line has been the Sharks are going to make the playoffs. The Sharks could be a threat, maybe. But yeah, I'm still seeing this as a building team right now. I I think I would agree with you if I if I had confidence that the players are there to fill those roles. And I I haven't seen the evidence of that yet. Mm-hmm. Like if Mirko Mueller is ready to be the sixth defenseman or Dylan DeMello, then awesome. Then of course they should be playing because that's for the long term benefit of of the franchise. But if they're going to be um, holding this team back from success because of their play and making Brendan Dillon look like an idiot, like, you know, because he's having to play basically both sides of the ice, like mm-hmm. he had to do so many times last year, 
Like, that doesn't help. Like, I think that you could use a veteran player there to balance that out, you know. But we will move forward, dude, and we will yeah. see. I mean, we will see, you know, which of these guys is going to step up, you know, and will Torres play and which guys are going to make the cut, you know, with the new new uh, coaching staff. I think that everybody's got to earn, earn their stripes, dude. Dude, when is Joe Pavelski going to be named captain of the Sharks? I think never. It's, it's <laughs> never, never. There's going to be eight A's of the spread throughout. I mean, after the preseason's over. Yeah, just right before I mean, game one. You think? Yeah, uh, yeah. I th- it's it's a, it's a I lock. Mean, just in case he. I mean, I think they'll wait just in case his. You know, it's a stone cold lock he, at this point. He his leg explodes or something, and he's not on the team anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know he'll get named captain. He'll get you know, he'll fall off a bridge or something. Dude, the Sharks did make roster cuts, but if you, it's not even really worth talking about too no. much because these names are yeah, not, not uh, none of the names are people know. You you look at the roster cuts, and I was trying to think if there was anybody that it was surprising that maybe they were gone. None this early. I mean, some people seem to tap Patrick McNally as a as a kid that might have pushed for a roster spot, but clearly that's not the case no. by the fact that he was toast before they even started playing preseason. I mean, he'll be playing uh, for the for the Barracuda, dude. But yeah, none of these uh, players are guys that were really on the radar, dude. Yeah, uh, dude, I think... Well, I guess we can turn to some sad news. Former player Sharks, uh, um, Sharks player um, Todd Ewan unfortunately passed away at a yeah. young age and 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 I mean we don't know any details of of what happened but right I, I mean it's it's hard not to speculate that this is another uh of a significant line of NHL enforcers that have died pretty young and yeah and it's not I mean it, NHL enforcers are the the players that are highlighted by the hockey sport but you see so many reports about NFL players, especially that have serious yep. head injuries, and they end up with debilitating uh, disabilities and illnesses, or they're also like Junior Seau, right? You know, uh, ending their own lives early. And uh, well, that's what Canadian television ever yeah. reports. Yeah, that's really it's terrible. very sad. And um, I think not even fifty. I think you're seeing that the league is clearly moving away from the enforcer role. There's fewer and fewer and fewer of these guys that their role is only to go out and pummel. Um, fighting is down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we may see some of that clear up just based on that role becoming less prevalent. But, right. you know, there's still going to be hits to the head. I mean, there's still going to be... Uh, fights and maybe not as in much of a quantity as some of these guys who are fighting, you know, on a nightly basis. But um, yeah, I, I mean, think, you see Scott Parker. I mean, you see yeah, the, Scott Parker. Scott Parker is really messed up, yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. like he's got that terrible light sensitivity, and he's he's really messed up. Yeah, and a lot of these guys are. I think I think you're right. I think the 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 days of the the huge guy whose sole job is to throw the fisticuffs is basically gone at this point and i think 
you know, I, I know the Sharks play in Canucks and, and they have Brandon Prust. I think Brandon Prust is really about as close as you can get to an enforcer these days. I mean, he's a pretty, he's a fairly effective player, maybe not the most skilled player on the ice, but he's not a complete liability when he's out there, but he's happy to stand up for his teammates. And I think that's about as far as any NHL team is willing to go these days. And you're even seeing the elimination of the uh, smaller pest too. I mean, Matt Cook mm-hmm. is basically done right uh max lapierre didn't get a contract from anybody mm. he's done i mean and torres is on one leg right yeah, right i mean those kind of guys um who were dangerous in another way um seem to be finding their way out of the league too so i mean maybe the general managers are kind of taking some ownership on this to try and clean up the game in in some way yeah Dude, let's turn to the league. Let's go back to Jason's question who asked about some of these guys who got in so much trouble like Malone, Richards, Kane Stoll, and Voinoff. Uh, what do you think about this sort of rash of troubles with the law? And do you think it could have negative effects on their honest performance? I mean, I guess it's going to be probably a case-by-case basis, but certainly the highest uh, visibility case is Patrick Kane. What what's your opinion on this on this Patrick Kane situation and and do you think that he's just gonna get plugged into the lineup and it's not gonna affect him or do you think this really could could cause him to have a really down year? I can't see how it can't affect you. Like right, I know if it was me in that situation, I would feel either incredible guilt, right, or I would feel incredible. Anger, anger for, for being falsely about accused. being falsely yeah. accused, um, and I can't imagine that it would be easy to focus on your job. I mean, so how's and I would imagine it's distracting too, although to the rest of the team, but but maybe not. I've heard people talk about how that's just not the case, and that the team is used to dealing with stuff, especially that team it's dealt with a lot of crap, and you know. Uh, they can just sort of tune it out. But I mean, the whole, there's, there's a difference, dude, dude, there's a difference between some of these. Yeah. Um, like Voinoff. All right. Voinoff's gone. Right. And he should be gone. He he was, he did served his jail time and they started deportation hearings, I think. And he just like, he's like, peace out and moving back to Russia and the Kings terminated his contract. So he's done. I think the thing that's tricky about Patrick Kane is that I don't even no, know if we no want to char- open. No there's charge no happens. charges. Dude. No charges. There's no charges. And that doesn't mean that he's not guilty because the fact that it's even at a grand jury is not a good sign. There's enough evidence that they brought it to a grand jury. They did. So there's enough evidence. Which that's, I heard some stuff about that's DNA. Not I, I'm I'm not going to go full Johnny no, Cochran I, here. No, but. Well, I mean we don't know. We don't know. We don't know what's going. We on don't there. know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, like the the way they're handling it, they've chosen to have him come to camp. Mm-hmm. Which I think, if they had chosen to not have him come to camp, that sets just such a wildly dangerous precedent, in my opinion, because. Um, there's no, he's not been arrested yet. So, right. I mean, anyone could say anything about anybody yeah. and accuse them and then they get pulled. Yeah. I mean, you can get him out of the lineup. Right. Right. 
you know, right before a big game, uh, so-and-so did this to me, you know, right, right. They're, they're out, you know, it's so dangerous. Right. So, but it's hard because if he is, and if he gets and arrested, all the questions of surrounding that team yeah. are going to be about that. If he gets arrested though, I mean, the Blackhawks are going to look really bad. So yeah, dude, I mean, I, I certainly hope it's not true. And, uh, but it is, it's a bizarre situation. Yeah. And and I'm grateful that the Sharks don't have to deal. The, the most we have to deal with is Joe Thornton being salty. Yeah. And wearing no shirt. Yeah. Or those wacky shorts. You know, I mean, we, I mean, Ryan Klo had some issues, yeah. you know, but, but it wasn't anything. Mark, Mark Bell. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't anything. We haven't seen a behavioral incident as much as uh, like what the 49ers have dealt with, which. <laughs> yeah has been just such a circus. I mean, a rash of domestic violence, sexual assault. You know, these guys, I mean, they had a collection of just real losers on that team. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Ryan Clough, dude. Ryan Clough, done. Yeah, yeah done. He's Poor done. guy. I mean, just, I mean, talk about that's another guy. You, you, you wonder, you want to check in on him in 10 years and see how he's doing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. guy is done because of concussions. And uh, he, he's certainly... No shortage of blows to the head in that yeah. guy's career. Yeah, he's so definitely. You certainly wish him the best, and you know, hope that he his health is is turning around. Maybe not enough to to play, but but to live a a healthy life. I know, you know. It seems like there's been some bummer ones. Ryan Whitney retired too. I don't know if you saw that. Ryan, but I mean, he hasn't played in the yeah. NHL for a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, well, Ryan Whitney. I happen he, to know someone. He's. Re- I happen. One of my friends actually related to him, which is uh, interesting. So that that's why I have sort of a weird uh, sort of right draw to Ryan Whitney. But yeah, he's got bad feet and ankles, and sure. he was great once. And yeah, it just he's like thirty or thirty-two or something, and he's gone. So shows how tough this league can be. I mean, not and that's not from concussions. That's for, he had like a funny crack. He's like, if you go to any nursing home in this country, you're going to find a lot of people with better ankles than my than what right. I got, which right. I thought was a pretty funny yeah. line. But um yeah, it's kind of a Those God. guys take they take a beating, man. They, they definitely do, but but dude, it's time for excitement. We're at the beginning of the season. You know, there's a lot of questions surrounding this team. I'm I'm excited for the Sharks. I'm getting excited. I I was for for whatever reason the fact that uh, Joe Thornton says, maybe it's time to get a new voice here. For some reason, that made me a little excited. I don't know. I was just like, yeah, let, you know, maybe it is time. Let's let's get a fresh start here. Maybe yeah. there's a fresh start to be had for the Sharks and this sort of baggage that, you know, McClellan coming from this high-flying, you know, Red Wings franchise, supposed to take him to the cup, this whole thing. Maybe it'll just be different, a little bit different. It It can't hurt. Yeah. It can't hurt. It's either going to, you know, take the team... Uh, give them a boost and see them maybe rise up to play at a more competitive level than last year, or it's going to expose this <laughs> roster as being yeah. extremely flawed, you know, so right. uh, that even the new coach couldn't get anything else out of them. So I'm going to choose to go with the DeBoer is going to be able to give them the DeBoer bump and the Sharks will be competitive and exciting especially behind their new goalie who pitched a shutout tonight against Vancouver, dude, yep. uh, with a 4 nothing win, 30-save shutout. So uh, that that's good stuff. We're looking at some live tweets here from uh, Kevin Kurz during the game, and he's made a comment about Mirko Mueller having a nasty edge to him. So That's good. Uh, that is good too, dude. So we will see. 
I'm excited, dude. I'm definitely excited. Keep the good times going. I'm going to a preseason game this weekend. Wee! So, you know, it's going to be good to see some hockey again. I hope mean, you get to see Timo Meyer. Okay. Sure. Oh. Let's say yes. How about Carl Stollery? Carl Stollery. I could see him. I could see Jeremy Waugh. Who is Aaron Dell. Who is signed to a contract. Yes. So. Oh, I hope you get to see him. Yeah. That'd be exciting. I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the Sharks again. So I'm, I am good for this. And we'll be back again next week because I'm sure there'll be some new updates for the Sharks in the preseason and things like that. So we're getting back into the swing of things here at Dudes on Hockey. Send us questions. Yeah, send us some questions and tune in next week. Bye. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.